You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. Happy to be joined by two-time Stanley Cup winner, future Dallas Stars Ring of Honor kind of guy, Craig Ludwig joins us. Uh, I'm putting you in, man. I'm starting the petition now. Putting you in. Yeah, get a good early morning laugh. I like it. (laughs) But it was good to see during the television broadcast last night how quickly Jason Robertson was elevating as far as goals, and there was... Um, the quickest of 30 goals, Mike Madano, Mike Madano. So it was good to see the throwback up there um, as part of a Stars nice victory last night. That was really cool. And, Craig, we haven't talked to you in a while, and I just wanted to get your thoughts. I was thinking of you last night because you had some terrific goaltending behind you in your career. And my first question I was thinking and I was excited to talk to you about this. When you have a guy like Ottinger behind you, like, for instance, Colin Miller makes a mistake last night and Ottinger comes up big with a save. You know, when you have those kinds of situations, how much confidence do you have as a D-man when you have Ottinger behind you? Um, I, I would say as a group. Um, you know, and I, I think even as a coach, you know that you can, you can I don't, I don't want to say riskier, but you can be a team that can, um, take a few more liberties going offensively and and you you know that when there are breakdowns you know you got a pretty good chance uh, of a save uh, you know and, and it's easier to play you know I, I think as a defenseman especially if you um, if you have a team that number one doesn't score goals a lot you know you have to be that that much more on point every night to defend and your goaltender has got pressure on him. And, and I think that, you know, just the opposite when, you know, and if you have a team that isn't a high scoring team, you can take a, a few more chances and say, listen, hey, we're, we're pretty tight in, the, in our, our decor and uh, we've got a goaltender that makes more than the, the expected saves um, when it comes to analytics. And so maybe we can push it. We can do a few different things to try to create some goals, but I look at the Stars team, along with only a couple other teams in the league, um, you know, their goals for are in the top five or six in the league. Their goals against are in the top two or three in the league. Um, you know, so it's the best of both worlds. And, and you can, you know, you can take some more chances. And I don't think this team has to take chances um, because they can create. And, and they've got, you know, the, the veterans are doing it. And we, as, you, as you mentioned, you know, the Robertson and, Hence Pavelski line, they continue to do it. Um, but you're getting that uh, secondary scoring, you know, with between Jamie and, and Wyatt Johnson, you know, guys like that are, that are chipping in. Um, then you have games like last night, but you have an opponent that kind of plays that way. Yeah, they and, do. Um, 
it wasn't a, you know, I had a game last night too. So I was back and forth and didn't see the complete game, but you know how the Islanders play and they kind of, you know, they want to score more goals, but they've got a goaltender. Sorokin, you know, he was really good. Uh, both goaltenders were great, right? And so it was just the kind of game you expected. And, and I think when you have those kind of goaltenders that both clubs believe in, and and Dallas has, you know, in my opinion, they're, they're a team that can score more goals than the Islanders can. And so the Islanders probably have to say, we, we've got a good goaltender. Um, we don't score the goals like the Dallas Stars, Boston Bruins, guys like that. Um, so maybe, you know, with a good goaltender, you can take a few more chances and Dallas can play a little bit more of their own kind of game. Um, you know, they, Pete DeBoer, who congratulations to him, apparently with that, that win last night or that point last night, at least he is now going to be, I believe this is true that he's going to be the, the head coach or the coach for one of the all-star teams. So, um, good for him. And, um, and I think under DeBoer's system, there's accountability all over the ice. And, and he knows he's got a good goaltender. And, and so, and, and I think Wedgwood's been good too, you know? So yeah, he has. Um, I think as a tandem, they have a belief in what they can do offensively, knowing that um, they can get those timely saves in the back end. And, and along with, you know, the, the way that the team plays and um, when you've got a top line, like you have, um, you know, and, and obviously the power play and their power play, whether they score, every night on the power play or not, they're dangerous all the time. And, and it's no more than, and I, I use, you know, it's been a long time since I have taken a things that the Dallas stars do and implement them and try to show them to my players with the U18 team. And I've used other teams and I try to use all teams in the NHL. So you don't just, you know, as, Oh man, coach really likes Carolina or really likes Boston or whatever it is, but it's nice to be able to use your, your home team. And, 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 and I think in my own, my own headspace, it, it kind of tells me when I'm comfortable with the way that the Dallas Stars are as a group this year, because I'm finding that I'm talking a lot about Dallas and how they do this and how they use numbers in different places, how they break out, um, you know, how they create chances and things like that. So um, it, it's nice. And like I said, I just think they're, 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 a, they're a really good team. They're a balanced team. Uh, at both ends of the rink for the most part. And when things break down, as you started this whole thing, you you know that you've got that guy back there between the pipes. You talk about accountability, and while it won't show up in the score sheet, I thought DeBoer made a nice move, moving Sagan up to that line with Hintz's injury. And as I mentioned, it won't show up, but Tyler Sagan caused that first goal, went in deep with a nice check, which caused a turnover. Stars got the puck back. Robertson ends up scoring. It's those little things, and you don't think of Tyler Sagan as a guy who's going to move another player off the puck, but basically it was a nice check that caused that. And and I think that's what you're talking about as far as the accountability, the little things, and, and I do give credit to DeBoer saying, you know what, Tyler Sagan, you're our man. Time to step up. Yeah, well, we talked about this earlier this year, and it started really with Jamie Benn. And again, all the talk in the offseason over the last couple of years is, you mentioned both those guys, Tyler uh-huh. and and Jamie. And you know, for Tyler, and we we talked about this, you know, earlier. It's like we we I don't think any of us really understood the the depth of the recovery and the injuries and the surgery and everything else that Tyler Sagan was going through. So he obviously put the work in. He's a different player, in my opinion, than he was for the last year over a year. Um, and his rehab has paid off for him. And so 
uh, and with Jamie, again, when teams aren't doing well, they always seem to point the, the finger at the people that make the most money. Um, but you don't really look inside and why and how and why is that all happening. And so uh, I think, you know, what, what DeBoer has done, especially because, again, a lot of the offseason was talked about Jamie Benn down in the third line and Tyler Sagan, where is he going to fit in and what kind of minutes are they going to be happy if they're only going to play 12 or 14 minutes a night? you know, versus the 20 that they're used to playing. Well, you know, starting with Jamie, you know, yes, he's down on whatever you want to call it, the second line, third line, whatever. Um, and the smart thing that he did is he put Jamie out on the first power play unit. Now, now all of a sudden, Jamie's minutes are there. Jamie's scoring points. He's feeling good about what he's doing. Um, Tyler Sagan, like you said, now when, when somebody's down, you go to your next big horse and you throw him into that. And so that gives him you know, the, the confidence knowing that the coach has got the confidence in him. So he's always finding ways to take the guys that are leaders in the room and on the team and, and get them extra minutes and put them into those situations. Yes, we have, we have good chemistry with this group and this group and this group, but if something goes down, I can take my, you know, my two, my two big guys and Sagan and Ben, and I can throw them in these roles and, and they're kind of, they still feel like they're the go-to guys. And I think that what really helps all of this is looking at the standings. <laughs> you know, when 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 you when when the team's not going well and you're not playing, and you're and you're one of the top guys, you don't take it as well. Um, you always think you can do better if you just play me more. If you put me on the PK and the PP and play me, you know, every other shift, you know, we'd be winning. And that's not necessarily the way it is. But um, those thoughts kind of go out the window. As you get to consistency in your game, you got all departments, you know, that are playing at a, a high level uh, night after night. And it's hard to do that in this league to, to, to play a whole season um, at a same level. And there's going to be no little dips and peaks and valleys and everything else. But, um, you know, everybody's pulling on the rope. Oh, cliche. Everybody's pulling on the rope the same way. And, and it, I, I just get the feeling that if I don't play my – normal 17 to 20 minutes a night and I play 13 or 14 for whatever reason it is. And we win the hockey game. Everybody's happy. Yeah. And we've all played with players where, you know, the team can win, but they didn't get as many minutes as they want, or they didn't get a point out of the game. Some of those players aren't happy and it's more about themselves than it is the group. And I just think that this is a group and it's been a long time. And a lot of this credit has to go to the general manager. I mean, again, we talked about this earlier. A lot of the things that Jim Neal did, um, you know, from Lundquist to keeping White Johnston here, you know, to all the little uh, Miller and all these guys mm -hmm. that that he found a way to bring in and Wedgie when he brought him in and what was that a year ago or whatever it was. I mean, all these pieces are seeming to fit. Yeah. So they've got they've got some good chemistry going on here. No, absolutely. And you look at the contracts of Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson signed in the offseason right now. I mean, long time to go, but they're bargains right now, which is uh, pretty special. I mean, that. It's amazing how that draft class with Miro, Robertson, Ottinger basically just changed the franchise, that one draft. Uh, it's pretty pretty awesome. Uh, for those wondering, Sean and I talked about this on Monday's uh, version of Spits and Suds. Uh, Craig, we've been talking about the all-star kind of voting, and now it's a fan vote. Connor Hellebuck for Winnipeg gave up six goals last night. Uh, so... For what it's worth, I don't know, vote for Jake Ottinger because one of the things we were talking about, Craig, is one of these goaltenders, as hard as it is to believe, 
is going to miss the All-Star game, Hellebuck or Ottinger, based on the system the way it is right now, which is really weird. Yeah, you know what? Again, I've never been in their shoes, and I and I never <laughs> would be. So I, I just don't know. You know, when it comes to Hellebuck, the guy's been great all yeah. year long. You know, so to, to pick on him from one game or a couple games – you know, he, he's going to be, I mean, obviously he's going to be, you know, up for a bed now. I, Absolutely. Mean, I, I just think that he's got to be in the conversation. Sorokin's got to be in the conversation. Um, Boston's goaltender, Allmark, he's going to be in the, he may, I mean. He might be in the MVP conversation. Like 25 and one or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he mean, might be in the MVP conversation because he's been that good. Yeah, yeah. they're they're already etching his name on, on one of those trophies. So, <laughs> you know, and, and for Jake, Jake is going to be there. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, again, I, I was a guy last year at the end of the playoffs. I'm going, yes. Okay. He had a great playoffs. What he did against Calgary, especially that last game was amazing. Now let's see who he is, you know, over the off season uh, in a couple different ways. You know, he, he stood on his head in that game. Let's see how he, how he comes back. And, and it's not just, just the mental fortitude that, a, especially a goal. And I mean, it's, I talked to Eddie a lot and, you know, and I was with Eddie all weekend this weekend and, um, Belfour and um, you know it's amazing the confidence these guys, these guys have to have and do have in themselves um, and I, I think what we're seeing is in in last night game it wasn't it wasn't a, a, a rival it was a team that plays um, a, a certain kind of style they're hanging around a playoff spot they, they they got some criticism and I was one of them I have friends that were that are part of the Islanders. And, and I had made a comment, you know, a year ago to one of them. And I said, man, you, you guys are going to get old early. And, um, you know, because they didn't make a lot of moves. They brought some older players back and Lou, you know, Lou's been around since God, God, you know, God, yep. the Cowboys. So, so he's been around for a long time. <clears throat> and, but they have a style that they play. They know the way that they have to play in order to stay in games and hang around and, and just get to a playoff spot, you know, and they're in the bubble there, but, but they've got a goaltender, um, that is pretty special and, and he's taking a step. And I think with Jake, um, I think he's showing that I don't, you know, I, oh yeah, I, I made 60 some saves in that last game I played. I had a goals against a two point, whatever I can do that again next year. I'll do it again next year. I'll do it the year after and I'll do it the after. So, um, there's a belief in Jake that, that he is that guy and he's just a calm guy when he plays, he never gets rattled. It doesn't appear to be, um, I think he's had his, couple stretches or games where a goal in my opinion has gone in on him that isn't a Jake Ottinger goal against but yeah. it is and he doesn't even get rattled he just he settles right back in but again we can go back a little bit and part of that is because the, the people that are playing in front of him I can give up a bad goal here and there because I believe in the guys that are ahead of me whether it's going to be Robo or Hintz or Pavelski or or Johnston or or Delandria somebody's going to find a way to get a goal that that kind of wipes out that shitty goal that I let in you know, and so I, I, that's what I mean. They, they've got a good group that believe in each other. They believe in, in what they do as players. And, and I think that that is a, a major part of the battle of what happens when you get into the playoff. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So, Craig, you've been around a lot of teams and talk with a lot of front office personnel. So I want you to play front office GM as we near the trade deadline. My opinion, I if, if they were going to pick someone up, I think some fourth line depth. Because I need a little bit more out of that fourth line. I'm not saying, you know, I want a lot more goals, but I need more pressure. And, you know, one thing that I saw last night that was disappointing, I, I just, you know, Radic Fox had taken that penalty, which leads to a goal. And I hate to keep jumping on 12, but I'm just not seeing it right at this point. They tried to put him on the power play, tried to get him going offensively. Um, Glenn Denning, I'm fine with. Kivi Ranta, I think, provides a lot of hustle. Uh, they tried to throw Gurianov on there, but I, I would like to see, you know, something that applies a little bit more pressure um, in the offensive zone. What are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is for you to say that you hate jumping on Radek Vaska is a lie off the top. That's because true. You do it every single week. I do. I do. <clears throat> I do. Should, okay. should I stop? Time. I mean, I, I feel like I, Sean and I actually talked about this, Craig. Like I, I purposely don't talk about him now, but I, I don't like, I don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, I'm like, come on guys, like healthy scratch him for a game. Do something. I just, I'm not, I'm just not seeing it. Well, th- th- but that's the thing. I mean, uh, there is a certain chemistry going on with this team. And, and so you know, and again, Pete DeBoer, I, I look at him as a veteran guy and, and that, that's not, and I don't mean that in a bad way against the, the younger players, but, but I think he has respect for the older guys for what they do, what they bring to the team. And so, you know, I, I don't think he's afraid to scratch anybody. And, and I, you know, and again, they're, when you're winning, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Right. And so they're moving along. Uh, I get where you're coming from. Um, he hasn't been the most guy, you know, positive guy that stands out, but sometimes, you know, I, I know that there was a, and again, I can go back and again, you're the one that's beating the drum all the time. I don't hear a lot of other people complaining about Radic Foxa, but you know, a long time ago when I was in Montreal and the, the Bible was the journal and it's all French and it's, it's every single detail. It's about what the guy did when he walked through the door and what did he drink? And, you know, I mean, they knew everything about your life. And, and it was all in French. And so I'd have to ask a couple guys. And, and even when I, I talked to a coach one time and he goes, ah, he goes, listen, if you don't see your name or we don't talk to you, everything's fine. And, and I took that approach. And, and so, um, you know, when it comes to, to Raddick and when it comes to what you would do at the trade deadline, you're not going to, he's part of the fabric of this team. I'm not going to move him. I'm just looking for way you want to look at it. He's part of why they're having success, whether it's a tiny role, a middle role, or uh, uh, you know, bigger role. What what only matters is what the coaching staff and the players think inside those four walls in that locker room. That's it, and it, and it's everybody's right to bitch and complain about everybody else. But as far as this team goes, because this conversation came up to me a few times um, this weekend, <clears throat> just talking to other guys and guys from the Rangers and things that we we're talking about. If I'm the GM 
I, all I'm doing is I'm looking for depth with this team. And, I, and I'm walking into that room, whether it's a couple of days before the deadline or the or at 201 on the deadline and nothing was done except adding a little bit of depth and say, you tell this group that you believe in everything that they've done. And we're just going to try to support you with if this guy goes down or that guy goes down, because there will be injuries as the playoffs moves along. I mean, you may need to get three more depth defensemen. It seems like the defensemen are, you know, if you can have 10 defensemen going into the playoffs or even 11, sometimes that's the best way to go. So because there will be guys that get injured, whether it's for a game or whether it's for a series, but I'm letting my team know that I believe and we believe in the group that's here right now. And, and sometimes if you're going to go ahead and take part of that chemistry and part of that fabric and move it, whatever piece that is, whether it's a fourth line guy, a second line guy, or a top guy to go out and get a Eric Carlson, I'm just using it for an example. And, you know, and again, not that they're going to go out and get Eric Carlson because and again, he's probably, <laughs> that guy could win. That guy could be an MVP of the league for God's sake. So yeah. He may win the Norris trophy. He might win the Norris. Four years of, of, you know, being oblivious and he's back. He's, is he worth 12 million a year for the next five or six years? He's got probably not to the Dallas stars. Yeah. I don't think, but all I'm saying is I go in, I let this group know that we are all behind you and we believe in what we have in this room we're going to add another Glenn Denning type, for instance, to add some depth to it. We're going to add this guy, maybe, you know, another couple defensemen uh, uh, on teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. And maybe they've been in the league for 12, 13 years. But you know that if one of your top seven defensemen go down, you can plug somebody in and he can play 10 to 12 minutes a night and he's just going to do his thing. And it's just, and that's all it is. And, and we can, and more than likely, it's not going to be a top end defenseman. You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to be a guy that's going to go out and get your points. It's going to be somebody you'd probably plug in as a number five, number six, um, number seven defenseman in your lineup. But I'm selling, I'm selling confidence to this group. That, that's what I think. I mean, do you think the Boston Bruins are going to go out and change anything or the, or the Vegas Golden Knights are going to go change anything? I mean, again, because they're having the, you know, these three, four teams in the league are having some pretty good seasons. So, and you don't really want to disrupt any of that, in my opinion. I, I actually think the Bruins might try to go out and get them more as weird as it sounds, just because of that pressure to make deadline moves in that city. I don't think they need anyone, but they might. Yeah, uh, no, no. I, the best thing that they can do is come out and get Pasternak his $12 million a year. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I don't even think Pasternak cares. He, he already knows what he's going to get. Um, you know, they've been they've been tap dancing with this contract for Pasternak, and he's, he's going to end up getting probably 50-plus goals this year, and they're not letting him walk. Um, so I just think that, and again, my big thing has always been, and I'll go back to Flurry and, and what happened in Vegas, and it was Pete DeBoer. Um, and there was, you know, he wasn't playing flurry and flurry's agent came out and he had that somehow he had a tweet that came out and there was a big sword being a golden knight sword that went through flurry yep. and holding it was DeBoer. And, and that, and it really, it was probably entertaining or whatever to whoever put that tweet out there, but what it became, it became a distraction. Every time that there was something going on in the locker room, the guys are sitting in the room, they're talking about that because the whole hockey world was talking about it. And the one thing you don't want are distractions. When you have a good team and, and things are going in the right direction, it, it's not often teams can roll through a whole season and pretty much not have a lot of negative blips on, their, on the radar. 
And so to go and, and, and have any kind of little distraction, a conversation that takes you away from the things that you've been talking about as a group for five to six months heading into the playoffs. And now all of a sudden you're talking about something, you're thinking about something else. You're, you're you know, man, why do we go get that guy? Those kind of things. Those you don't want when you have a good club. And there's other teams that are, you know, the, to me, it's the teams that are, you know, in that, that gray area, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're, you know, if they don't add something, they're probably not going to beat that team. It was like the year when we added Brett Hall, you know, we, we were, we were knocking on the door and, and, you know, from my understanding was Mr. Hicks went down and talked to Bob and, and, and just said, what do we need to get us past Detroit? What do we, what, what do we got to do to get past the Detroit Red Wings? Well, the year that we won here in Dallas, we didn't have to play the Detroit Red Wings because I think it was the abs that knocked them off. But the point was, is what do we do to get, get over the hump? I don't know if Dallas needs that player right now. I mean, they are having a great season. And so, you know, and they're pretty much proving they're going up against, you know, the teams in their division, the other division, the other conference, and they're, they're holding their own. And they're, you know, they're, they're having a hell of a season. They are, and they're winning and, on the road, and that's going to come up huge in the playoffs. You know, we yeah, really haven't and, talked about that, but when you build that confidence on the road, I mean, that's massive. I mean, they're close to equaling their road total of last year. It's impressive. Well, that's, the, that's what I mean. That's the galvanizing that they have as a group of the guys in that room. And you don't need any little pinholes in that camp, you know? So again, if you want, if you want to get, you know, a, a little extra bandaid you want to put in there. And if, if, if we spring a leak, this one can step right in and, and we're going to be fine. But to take a piece of, you know, their, their top, let's just say 12 to 15 guys. Um, you know, if, are, are you going to take a seventh defenseman that you may have on your team and move them for a number five or six, somebody else? that's probably not going to be, you know, a, a major deal. Mm -hmm. But again, that to me, that's the conversation that the head coach and the GM are talking about. You know, man, we got a tight room. Like I don't even have to go in and talk as a coach because I have the confidence they're talking to each other. I'm just going to go in and basically say, because again, I can go back to the Hitchcock thing and, you know, Hitch was hard. He was hard on guys. He was hard on me and he would call me in and say, let's, we got to get so-and-so to buy into this group. And that was our that was our job to get that guy to pull him in, and and maybe we had seven guys in the group, but we needed number eight and number nine, and then we get them pulled in. And what would happen is the things that you're selling, and I complain to the players that, that we have with our 18s is that I don't, me and the other head coach should not be the two guys yelling on yelling from the bench all the time that there's somebody coming up behind you that you got to move the chip the puck up the wall or you got to get the puck in deep. We want, I want to be able to sit on the bench. And when something like that doesn't happen on the ice, I want to hear that line come back and the other 10, 12, 15 guys sitting on the bench. I want to hear them tell those five guys that just came off. You got to get pucks in. You got to finish that check. Because once as a coach, once you start to hear the players selling what you've been preaching, now you got them to understand this is the best way that the coaching staff believes that they're going to win. We don't have to sell it anymore. They're selling it to each other. They'll, they will hold each other more accountable and respond to it than us, than us as coaches trying to sell it to them. So once you get them preaching the message and, and you're having success, now they start to buy in. Because Holly, Holly, I mean, our biggest project was Holly. And, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way whatsoever. You know, and Holly, Holly come from, from teams in St. Louis, especially. And, and you know, Holly scored 70-some goals a year. But we needed Holly. And Zuby was one of them. And Zuby was one that never wanted to put the puck in. 
And why should he, right? Because he was one of the most skilled defensemen, if not the most skilled defenseman that I've ever played with. But there were times and scores during the game where pucks just needed to get in. And it was a dangerous area of the game. It was a one goal game and we were time and score. And, you know, there's four minutes to go in the game. We don't need you to go stick handle through two guys. We just need that puck to go down deep and make that team go 200 feet back to our end because we have confidence. They're not going to do that. We play a system where they're not getting through us and their enemy is the clock. So like I said, but those are the things that coaches and Pete DeBoer has his style, his system. He's trying to get his player to buy. And I believe he does have his players buying into whatever he's trying to sell. I mean, just look at what they've done. And that's been, that was part of the reason I'm, I'm sure that went into the hiring of Pete DeBoer because he's got a track record of being a first year coach with whatever team it is and having a lot of success. And, and so, um, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of things that, that I think will be changed on this team. You're not going to, I don't believe you're going to see, you know, one of your top 12 players isn't going out the door. In, in my opinion, you know, they're not trading and they're not trading a young kid because the young nah. kids that they've been putting in the lineup, I think they're, you know, they're very happy what they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I agree. I was thinking for like a mid to late round draft pick or something just to get a piece with an expiring contract. But I- I'll tell you guys, I mean, I love it, Craig. You know, that's that's first person. You've been there, so you know the locker room, and I love what you just said. You know, that's that's great. You know, I mean, we all have our opinions, but you've been there, and that's what I love about having you on this uh, podcast. You did mention Norris Trophy, and, and with that, the Stars take on the New York Rangers, who are moving up the standings fast. I had the Rangers as one of my favorites to make the Cup this year, and uh, Adam Fox is everything and more. Uh, he's a special player. Uh, elite goaltending. Uh, they have some scores on this team. It's going to be a real fun game tomorrow night at uh, MSG. Tough team, um, you know. And I think they're 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 they've had their speed bumps. You know, they go back and the team wasn't playing well for a while. They got a dangerous power play. Yeah, I, I think I think you know one of the keys I, I would assume is you know no dumb penalties. You know, they're going to get a couple power plays. There's no question about that. But Zabinajad and, and Kreider. Kreider's will be planted in front, and Zabinajad is going to be in the Ovechkin spot. And you know, and you got Panarin, who's a, a, a I mean, they've got some good. They got some good pieces on that team. So um, stay out of the box. <clears throat> good test. Good test for him for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, I would look at probably a turning point. I know that when Truba came in, um, you know, to that club, and then this summer they put the C on him. They didn't have a captain. They put the C on him. It's I think it's always hard for you know, you've got players that have been there for what, eight, nine, 10 years. And I'm, I'm thinking of Kreider, um, you know, he probably thought that maybe he was going to be the, the captain, but anyway, they give it to Truba. And then about a month or so ago, things were going sideways there and everybody was given and Truba, Truba. I love the defenseman. I mean, he's, I do too. He had what three, four, five hits this year that everybody's up in arms that, that it should be a, you know, some kind of suspension and they're not, they're perfect hits. And, yeah. and so, Truba and uh, Ben Sherratt's another guy I love, Craig. Yeah. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is like with the Truba factor and then what he did is he tossed his helmet after he got, he got kicked out of a game after a fight or something like that, whatever it was, looked at his bench. And ever since then, that team has turned around. Yeah. And, and so you look at the, I don't know if he's the head of the snake on that team, um, you know, but maybe he is emotionally in the room and maybe he's more of a leader than anybody really ever knew of from a vocal standpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Sabinajad and, and Kreider, I can't believe Panarin's that kind of guy, but they went out and they tried to find that piece and that's it. But um, they're, they're going to be, they're, they're a tough, tough opponent. I don't, I think they're, 
I think they've been a little bit more in, after the year that they had last year. I think they've been a little inconsistent this yeah. year. But but I just again my my whole thing is that I would be careful taking penalties. You still got to play your game, and um, again it it could come down to to goaltending. You know their goaltender was really really good last year in the playoffs, right. and he hasn't been quite as good. And they but, play um, just like the Stars. They play in a brutal division. So yeah yeah exactly. Yeah. Which at the end of the day that helps you in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. you know because you know that you have to have your game pretty much every night that you play because and that's what it is in the playoffs. Absolutely, you, you can't take you can't. You can't take a week off and you you can't go a stretch of two or three games and not have your A game because that happens in the playoffs, you're out. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's end, speaking of the New York Rangers, the New York Rangers alumni were in town to take on the Dallas Stars alumni for a terrific fundraiser after Sunday's game. But before the game, you guys did some cool stuff. So tell me about the hijinks over the weekend and how cool was it and... You know, um, give me some, I didn't get to see the game. I heard Kari Lettinen look pretty good, <laughs> but, uh, you yeah, know. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's was really good. Let's yeah. has been really good with us. Let's doesn't come out and skate with us, um, but he can't, I mean, you know, when we, we skate on Fridays and we had a game last night and Thursdays and stuff like that, as a, a bunch of us do, alumni guys. <clears throat> anyway, let's doesn't have to. He just comes out, shows up, he's big, and he stops puck. So um, he was very good. Uh, the Rangers are what you would expect. A classy group of guys. Uh, Stefan Mateau was here. Alex Kovalev, Darius Kasparaitis. Um, I mean, those then, names uh, are awesome. Yeah. And then, you know what, for the round table, we did a round table thing with bank of Montreal, who was a, a host sponsor of it on uh, Sunday afternoon before the stars played at about noon up in the hall of fame room at the AAC. And uh, we had Tom Laidlaw, uh, from the Rangers, we had Adam Grace from the Rangers. We had Stefan Matteau from the Rangers, and Ron Ron Duguay uh, from the Rangers, Hall of Famer, legend, legend. And uh, you know, when everybody had the Farrah Fawcett poster hanging on their wall, I had Duguay's only because yeah. he was dating Farrah Fawcett and Bette Midler and Cher. Those, those flowing and, locks of Ron Duguay. And now he's dating Sarah Palin and Bianca Jagger. And I mean, I can go down the list. I mean, and, and the dude had it going on. Great guy. Um, anyway, and then, you know, for the stars, it was nice because Daryl Sador came back into town, um, you know, and so Eddie Belfour was up there. Brad Lukowicz was up there. Uh, Al Secord was up there. Um, so we did a little round table Q&A for a bunch of people that were um, guests of uh, Bank of Montreal and, and a bunch of other people were up there. That went, those guys were all great. And then we went upstairs to a suite um watched the stars play until the end of the second period went down get ready and 
and we had a good game. And you know, on Saturday night, we had uh, all the Rangers and if they brought their wives or girlfriends came over to our, our alumni room um, over in Farmer's Branch. And, um, you know, we had a dinner and everything there and, um, you know, had a night out with those guys and then led into Sunday. And then uh, uh, we had a good time in the game. We were up. Uh, we were actually up. I think it was 6-1. And, uh, and a lot of that <laughs> due to, due to Kari being our goaltender. <clears throat> and then, uh, anyway, it ended up, I think it was eight, seven, um, at the end. So it was a good game. It was entertaining. Um, uh, it's always hard. I'm sure for fans, you know, the fans that go to those games, they go to the stars game and, you know, they can, they can hang around after. And so you, you get quite a few people that, that hang around after the stars game, especially when stars have a good game and they win. Yep. Um, and then they realize that it looks like, you're watching something on TV that's stuck in slow mo. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, and there were, there were a few checks thrown and stuff like that, which isn't normal, but yeah, it was all good fun. But I think we just try to put in as, put on as good a show as we could. So I, I remember was, you, te- I remember event. you telling me you were one time you guys were playing, I think Peter Forsberg, uh, was it, or what? No, it was uh Peter Stastny. Yeah, it was and Peter Stastny, not Peter, Peter Forsberg. And like, you guys were like, Hey, come on. Like the guy was playing oh, no. like, yeah, so no, Stas, he, he, he freaked out. Like he, they were losing and he was snapping sticks and <laughs> yelling at his players. And yeah, I mean, you know, but Peter's an intense guy and that's why he's in the hall of fame. But right. <clears throat> anyway, so we've, we've played Detroit now. Let's see Detroit, Chicago, New York, and on tap, we're working on it for next year. We'll be Montreal. We're trying to get the original six in there and I'm playing, but I told him the only way I'm playing in that game is if it's in Montreal. I'm not sure I'm going to make the game, but I'll okay. be there. So, and I think we're actually going to try to get a game in Quebec City if we could pull it off. So, if it's if it's in Montreal, guys. who would you play for? Uh, you know what? That question came up the other night, and yeah. I said, you know what? It, it's kind of like with with Al Secord. I mean, Al. You know, if we play the Chicago Blackhawks, Al should be playing for the Chicago Blackhawks, right? He didn't play for Dallas, and I think if it were Carbo or I, or something like that, um, I would think that I would play half the game with Dallas and then half the game with Montreal. And then I changed my tune within five minutes. And I just said, no, I said, I would, I would play with Dallas. I mean, that's where I am now. That's where yeah. I've been the, the whole time. I mean, you win a cup with both teams. It, it's, you kind of want to do that right but at the end of the, and like for Carbo, I, I think Carbo would probably I, he would stay with Montreal. I mean, he lives there and he does, you know, some radio stuff there and things like that. And he's more known for, for that, you know, that city and things like that. So plus you got to play for Dallas so you can drop him with Nux. Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother story <laughs> that that would happen. So. All right. Before, before we go, and I'm so glad you had a good time this weekend. I definitely wanted to plug your other project, which is kind of a video podcast that you've been doing with some terrific interviews. So Please tell us, you know, your other project that you're doing because you're really good at this. And one thing I like about you, Craig, is that you you have amazing stories, but you also have that skill where you bring out other stories from other players. So tell us what you're doing. You know what? I, I'll tell you what. The first thing that I've learned having a podcast is and what I what I, if anything, I've gotten better at it's I listen now where I used to have. Like I, I remember when I started, I got and today I'm today actually I'm I'm gonna go do Mike Commodore and uh, you know one Stanley Cup with Carolina anyway, but I, with him I got twelve pages of notes and I and I, I will always have those, um, but I've learned to listen to what they're saying and just 
be part of the conversation, you know, have a couple questions and then, you know, and these guys, every single guy, I mean, I, you know, I started with Turco and had Mike Heike on, had Razor and, you know, now, you know, now I'm going to get some other guy. I mean, I had Eddie Belfour. I actually had Eddie and his whole family on there for the, uh, more about the Belfour spirits, Brad Lukowicz, Stephen Johns, um, you know, Al Secord. So, uh, they've all, they're all incredible and, and they make it easy to be totally honest with you. So it's called Suds with Luds. What we did is we ended up bringing in Nate Newton from the Cowboys, Derek Harper. Uh, everybody remember Derek and NBA, Kevin Mentz from the Rangers and myself. And so we kind of cover, we all have our own podcasts, individual ones, and we kind of cover all four sports, but where we just had a little call last week about it where we seem to be getting a pretty good response is when the four of us get together and, and um, we do our own thing. We did a Christmas one. We did one in the beginning, just, you know, just bullshitting and stuff like that. But it, the chemistry between the four of us, Oh, and Isaiah, Isaiah Sandwich is, is actually doing it with Nate. So Nate actually has Nate, Nate and Isaiah do it together. Yeah. Isaiah's um, really good. He's super, <clears throat> such a great guy. Great dresser but, too. But we have such a, a, a good relationship, the five of us. And, and we're getting these, you know, Hey, would you be willing to, you know, bring these guys here, you know, and do things here. And so we're kind of talking about, you know, if, if there's that kind of interest, maybe we'll go and do that kind of stuff once a month. So anyway, cool. um, you know, it's, it's time consuming, but we're all, I think all five of us are having a, a good time at it. And um, you know, so, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to today because Mike Commodore came in for our celebrity challenge this year. Mike Commodore played on six, seven teams and um, he's got a story about every single one of them. And he actually, we had Gretzky come in, Panger came and did the celebrity challenge this year. And Kami came in as uh, one of our guests and we all get drafted on a, you know, there were 18 teams, I believe there were. And anyway, we all get drafted and play on, you know, with that group of guys for the, for the, for the day, we play like five games and then an all-star game, but Commodore ended up being after the night before, when we did a, a thing with stars fans and things like that, he ended up being the first overall pick with all the guys that were there. Commodore comes in because he's a treat. He's a hoot. So um, I'm looking forward to having him on the show today. And so anyways, called Suds with Luds and shocker Suds with Luds. I didn't name it. And I got a couple sponsors and one of them is a whiskey company. The other one's a uh, early bird gummy. <laughs> so there you go. That tells well, that's, you all you need to know. That's great. And Craig also uh, coaches U18s and has a lot going on. So always great when we can get him on this program and you're a beast and uh, we will catch up with you soon. And uh, thanks for taking the time today, my friend. All right, Gavin. Thanks. All right. And thanks for listening to another edition of Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. We'll talk to you on Friday.